Hi, everybody, and welcome to The Messy Table, which we like to say is an ordinary space for real women, imperfect stories, and the God who's at work in our mess. I'm Jen Jewell, the host of this faith-fueled conversation-style podcast, which airs a brand new episode every other Tuesday. And today I have my great friend and co-host here with me, the incredible Cindy Beal. If you happen to miss her powerful story of redemption that happened within her marriage, do yourself a favor, go back and listen to episode 11, and you will not regret it. Y'all, we are partnered with the women of our church, Life Church, where our husbands happen to be on staff, where we're also huge fans of the YouVersion Bible app, because hello, it's free, and with us at all times on our phones. And our very favorite thing is locking arms with brave women from all over the Capital C Church who willingly and courageously share some of those raw pieces of their own stories so that we might take a deep breath of truth and encouragement. So have you ever heard that story Jesus told about scattering seeds? Back in his day, most of the people listening were either farmers or fishermen, so this analogy made perfect sense. Basically, the seeds represent God's Word, some of which fell on a path, some on shallow dirt with rocky ground. Others fell in the middle of thorns that choked out the plants so they couldn't fully grow. And finally, some thrived abundantly in good, healthy soil. Well, Jesus went on to explain the backstory of this parable. It's all recorded in Matthew 13 if you want to get the full picture. But listen, don't we all want to experience the seed in good soil that lives and thrives and produces a hundredfold? Well, sure we do. Unfortunately, it's so easy for us to get stuck in one of the less appealing categories. Maybe our roots aren't super deep, so we just don't last long. Or any problem or tragedy we face means we shrivel up and run. I can especially relate to his last example. Jesus said to his disciples, The seed that fell among thorns represents those who hear God's word, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the worries of this life and the lure of wealth, so no fruit is produced. The Message Bible puts it this way, Weeds of worry and illusions about getting more and wanting everything under the sun strangle what was heard. Friends, I believe this is a message that's still so relevant to us in this generation. Maybe we even love God with all our hearts, but instead of dealing with some of those weeds and cutting back thorns, we put up with them. We allow them to stay. We're distracted and busy and weighed down and overcrowded. We're being ever so sweetly strangled alive. Maybe we hardly even notice the thorns, but they've actually stunted our ability to thrive. Guys, I am super excited about this episode today. Our amazing friend, Allison Evans, is here to help us shake off those thorns or chains or whatever you want to call those things that hold us hostage so that we can walk confidently in the freedom that's already been bought on that cross. Allie is a -a one-of-a-kind wife, mom, leader, pastor, podcast host. She's just so down-to-earth, someone who's not afraid to say, I've been there, while cheering us on every step of the way. Bottom line, we don't want anything to hold us back from living the life God designed us to live. So grab that coffee, pull up a chair, and join Cindy and me for a chat with Allie. Well, Allie Evans is in the house. So welcome to The Messy Table. Cindy and I are so glad you're here. I am so excited. Hey, so fun fact about Allie Evans. I've already got her laughing. That's the thing. We've known each other for... 18 years. Yes. Aww. It's been 18 years that Chris and I have been at Life Church, and she was here when we got here. And so, fun fact that we um, have that history together. And you were Chris's Life Kids pastor yes. at Edmond. 
Yes. Long time ago, whenever that was, way back when. Yes. I bet you guys could tell some stories oh, on each other. we can always tell. Do you tell have any? Well, I don't know. Do we have any stories? Any appropriate well, ones? I can tell you a funny story about Chris. Oh, that'll be good. Let's so do that. I was, Let's um, tell stories about Chris. He's not <laughs> yeah. here. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. So I was Life Kids pastor for Chris, and he was a wonderful leader. Great. Actually, there's a whole bunch of stories that are racing through my mind now that I won't do. But <laughs> And uh, everybody at the Oklahoma City campus around now is like, yep. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. We know. You don't even have to say anything. We get it. But we were at an offsite Monday morning, just the team leaders, you know, from the campus. So as a life kids pastor, as a team leader. Well, at the end of that breakfast or lunch or whatever it was, he said, oh, everybody sit back down. I've got one thing to ask you, Allison. I was like, oh, what? What's going on? And he said, well, I just wanted to ask you. Will you be the associate campus pastor at the Edmond campus? Well, I like cried like it was a proposal. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my gosh, I feel like Life Church has asked me to marry it. Oh, my gosh. And he was like, so OK, funny. I want to take all that back. I'm not going to give this job you to you. Don't, you're, you're not ready. You're not that mature enough. That is so funny. Tim Knox and some yeah. of the people were just like, I, mm, I don't know oh, about this choice That's not the right now. answer. <laughs> we not felt the right confident answer. a minute ago. Until and now, you cried like a baby. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, I was falling. <laughs> Life Church just Does he not know you? It. Of course you're going to cry. You're that's right. who you are. You're going to do that. And you know, Chris, he's like, "Here's a Kleenex. Are you done? Are you, are you done with, with the this? tears? Oh, yeah. huge feeler. Huge feeler. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Chris is not. Nope. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> what are you? You're like in in the middle. I'm a little bit of a. I mean, if you're looking at Myers Briggs, I'm pretty much in smack dab in the middle of the mm-hmm. TNA. I believe it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I can believe that. Yeah. So We're speaking a foreign language to somebody who <laughs> doesn't true. know Myers Briggs. Like, what's Myers Briggs? Okay, so Allie, tell everybody a little bit about yourself, like who you are, what you do. Just tell us about Allie. Okay, so I am first a a wife, and I absolutely love my husband. Matt is my husband. We've been married for, I say that, and I don't even know how long we've been married. Uh Almost 27 years. Wow. Oh, my gosh. Congratulations. That's a long time. Yes, thank you. And mom, so Ryan is our oldest. He lives in L.A., living his very best life, doing anything he can in the entertainment industry. And he's like broke and living with seven people and just <laughs> loving it, you know. Right. Um, Madison is in HR. She's in Austin. She graduated from OU, doing great. And then Abby, who went away to school, went to OU, came back home the last semester and she's finishing nursing school. So she has one more semester. So I was an empty nester for a minute and then she came back, which has actually been great. Um, They are, the three of them, they're our best friends. I mean, we really, gosh, you know, if any of you are parents, you know that there's a lot of challenges and struggles over the years and it all pays off. I mean, you really do become best friends and we're kind of in that state. So I'm almost an empty nester again. And then I work at Life Church, yeah. so I am the central group leader. That doesn't mean anything, but I have <laughs> the awesome pleasure and blessed burden, and you know all of that to lead Next Gen Ministry. So at Life Church, that's the ministries related to kids' birth through eighteen years, mm-hmm. um, but also probably most importantly is the partnership we have with their parents, which isn't necessarily a program with the church, but it's certainly the heart no, of Life Church. It's huge is that we partner with families. So mm-hmm. anyway, that's me. That's you. That's so, I love it. so you've raised your own kids to adults. That's yes. a big deal. And so like weird. you said, you kind of oversee Next Gen, which is a huge deal at our church. And you host the Life Church Parents Podcast. Yes. Which is oh, awesome. Thanks for mentioning Shout that. Out. Yes. So I want to know, give us some advice, just something about parenting or the, oh, just some advice that gosh. we need to know about. Well, again, anybody who's a parent knows there's 87 million books written about parenting and all the ways to parent, not to parent and the boundaries to set and not to set and the restrictions. And I mean, there's all of the things. And 
you know, ultimately I've come to a place where I realize, first of all, all three of the kids are different. So they all require different pieces of us, Mm -hmm. Matt and I. And I just realized you have to be a student of your kids Mm -hmm. from day one. I can remember some of Madison's core values. I didn't even know to call it that. Uh, But her core value of justice came out when she was really Mm. little. And I can just remember thinking, oh, this is how kids are. And Abby came along. My daughter has that for sure. Oh, really? (laughs) Yes. And Abby's is she has this core value of compassion. They came out at at a really early age. And so just understanding what is it that God's put inside of them at an early age? And then also what are the challenging pieces of their personality? Because when you are incredibly passionate about justice, as you get older, you can begin to push on people in really difficult mm-hmm. ways. So you have to figure out, as you are a student of your child, how do I lead them to plot the best of who they are, who God's called them to be, how to have great relationships with people, how to love the Lord and serve Him. Um, so yeah, so be a student. Be a student of your kid. You don't it have is, all the answers. It is funny when you raise kids, You maybe one's gone through the teen years, and then the next one comes up, and you're like, okay, I got this. Mm-mm. I've done this. I've done I've done the teenager thing. I got Just it done. Wait. And then, holy cow, they're totally different. They raise in the same house, totally different. And so I've, I've got a couple of those myself, so I get Crazy. it. So, Allie, I've walked through life with you for, like we said, a long time. And even though our paths aren't together every single day, but we just have a connection there from years of ministry yes. and friendship. And I've seen you go through things. But today, we want you to share with us about a season in your life or just a, maybe a mindset you had about when life was messy. What happened or what had you been walking through that led you to make some changes in your life? Oh, that's good. So a messy season for me would have been, I, I think it was maybe 2007 around that time. So it's it's been a minute, but it, it was pivotal yeah. and it did cause me to make some significant changes in my life. Overall, life was good. You know, it's not that life was horrible and things were terribly off the rails, but there were some factors that created new challenges and some new insecurities, frankly, for me. So what was going on was one, I was leading a thriving, growing ministry at Life Church, which is the best place, no offense to anyone who works anywhere else, but to do ministry. <laughs> well, Glassdoor agrees with you. Right. So Glassdoor does. Thank you. You're that welcome. was a great plug. Thank you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, great place to work. Uh, check us out, life.churchforward slash careers. Slash careers. Were you already, Allie, in your central role at this time in 2007? In 2007, I was in a central role. It wasn't okay. next gen yet. Okay. I was about two years out from leading okay. all of next gen. So I was leading live kids from a central perspective. And, and what year was that? Uh, that was 2007. Okay. Because I remember, you know, I was on staff when we launched South Tulsa oh, back yeah. in the day. Oh, and goodness. so that was 2000. I think I came on staff in fall 2007 and then we launched it, in 2008. Is yes. that right? I, like that I think right. so. That sounds right. So you were already the woman. Oh, a no. big deal. The huge boss. Huge deal. I'm, I'm huge in Japan. Running That's the world. That's other episode <laughs> of Messy Table. I'm huge in Japan. Uh, but no. So at that time, leading this incredible thriving ministry, my mother-in-law moved in with us, which was a huge blessing. She uh, just, her kind of her mental state at that point in her life, physically she was okay, but she really needed to have someone providing kind of ongoing care for her. So she moved in with us, which was wonderful. Um, I had two middle school daughters in the house, which anybody <laughs> who has a middle school child, particularly <laughs> Send a all the prayers. Right? <laughs> yeah, it's rough. And so you know, everything is a teaching opportunity. (laughs) Every interaction is an argument or an opportunity. So just a lot of energy was required. Mm -hmm. And um, there was a lot of space for me to have Mm self-doubt. And the enemy loved that season of my life. So 
Uh, oh, and then also the mortgage industry crashed at that time. So my husband has been in mortgage lending for years, so he lost his job. So that created a, another challenge. You know, anyone who's ever been in that. So I feel like my life is really normal. I mean, mm-hmm. all of us who are, are listening, we all have those seasons where it feels like when it rains, it pours. Oh, yeah. It was pouring during the season. And it was going to be a long road. So there were several years where all of those things were happening, you know. And so with those challenges and just seeking God all the time and, and leaning in, still, though, the enemy really crept in. And so over time, there were some really destructive and poor habits that I developed in my life. And probably the easiest place for Satan to get a hold of me is in uh, kind of the, just really the area of vanity. So mm. it starts with how do I look? Am I thin enough? Is my hair blonde enough? Are my teeth wide enough? All of those things. So I'm just being transparent. Oh, yeah. no. Right. We, so, we can all relate. So lots of self-worth issues related to that, right, that are around vanity. And so I felt somewhat out of control. My identity was not um, locked up in all of the right things, which is what is it that Jesus believes about me, right? I mean, that's the end all and be all. And so I allowed myself to get away from that. So because of sort of these um, unhealthy mental internal things that no one could see, I began to eat in a way that was completely out of control. And so, you know, Cindy, you and I have talked about self-discipline and willpower and some of those kinds of things related to eating and exercise. Exercise seems to be real easy when it comes to my personal health, but eating Mm. is a whole different thing. I don't know if either of you have ever struggled with this, but again, just another moment of transparency. I can remember standing in my pantry door more than once, opening a fresh bag of Doritos really quietly because the living room was within eye shot of the pantry door. And I would turn in such a way so that Matt couldn't see me eating about a half a bag of Doritos Mm -hmm. as I just stood there wondering what I was going to eat. Is it resonating? Yeah. You you take food and you go in the closet and eat <laughs> yeah. it so that they won't Literally. hear you chewing. Yeah. High caramel M&Ms in your purse. Yep. Yes. You know? All of those destructive behaviors. Right. Okay. So here's where it all culminated and where the life change had to happen. So something needed to give because I just continued those destructive behaviors. And, and you were medicating something. Oh, yeah. For, for sure, sure yeah. there was something there was something internal. This was not just about willpower or discipline. It really was about who I am um, and the value that I bring. And I felt all of my circumstances, I felt out of control. Parenting two middle school girls didn't have the handbook. I'm leading next gen minute or at that time, kids ministry at Life Church. And I'm not doing that well. Sure, not telling anybody about it, even my life group for a short period of time because I was too insecure. It's like, wait a minute, you should for sure know how to parent those girls. And we think, well, I can just get it together and right. then I'll be on the other side. Exactly. So I wasn't include. I was in community, but I wasn't including my community. Mm-hmm. That's good. And so anyway, I'm, I can't even remember now where I was. I want to say I was out of town in an outdoor kind of a situation. And there were several people on the street and I'm walking down and there's a wall of windows, right? This happens in movies all the time. And people have said this, but I look over and I literally saw this sad woman. Hmm. And I looked long enough to realize it was me. Hmm. And it wasn't just the fact that I had gained 27 pounds over the last few years. I was slumped and I was I didn't look confident. I couldn't see my facial features. I mean, it was a reflection in, mm-hmm. a, in a window. But I started crying and I was like, this is it. Hmm. I don't recognize that person. But in that moment, it was not about vanity. It was about God sending me a message. You're not being who I've called you to be. It wasn't about weight. And it wasn't about any of those things. Unfortunately, the thing with poor and destructive habits related to eating is you can see it. Mm -hmm. You know, you're sneaking and watching porn 
what is happening on the inside is horrific, but nobody sees it. Mm -hmm. It's not like there's an extra five pounds or something because of it. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. I'm walking around looking like a sad person. And I'm not saying that's true for everybody who puts on 25 pounds. For me, it was true. Mm -hmm. And so it was the uh, outward manifestation of someone who was very insecure and uh, was not identifying with God's calling and with how God identifies me. And so I knew I've got to make a change, but it's kind of like your walk with Jesus. I mean, it's not like that day I went home and signed up for the gym and started Weight Watchers, you know, or whatever. And at first I thought all it was, was vanity. I thought I just need to lose some weight. Well, as I started digging and engaging in some version Bible reading plans that were super poignant during that time and did hit a gym, you know, there's those moments of, well, that's not it. You know, I'm focusing on the wrong things. That's not. So it's just like beginning your relationship with Jesus. I was waffling back. I was in process. But it still takes that awareness. It does. It takes the awareness. And then the willingness to say, I am going to do something about this now. Mm -hmm. And so that's what happened. And so that was kind of the beginning of what may look like a fitness journey, but really it was the internal work Mm -hmm. that was most important. Yeah. So anyway. Well, that makes me think, you know, it seems like most people focus on just the physical or just the spiritual, but really they're so interconnected. Mm -hmm. Um, And so how did this one area of your life impact all the other ones? Oh gosh. So initially, again, I thought it was just the, I need to lose 27 pounds or whatever. But as God continued to speak to me through his word and through some of the great devotionals that I was in and including my community, because at that point I realized I've got to include my community and the things that are going on. I realized it's, that is so secondary. The 27 pounds were secondary. And what was first was I've got to figure out, you know, it's kind of like uh, Craig's words to live by. Mm-hmm. Honestly, those kinds of things that that message hadn't come out at that point, but that sort of thinking, saying out loud who I am mattered. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a spiritual practice that mm-hmm. was a huge difference maker. So the physical reflection in the mirror was the trigger. And then realizing that the deeper piece was my spiritual growth and where I was with Jesus and where I was with myself, then that impacted everything. Then my relationships became healthier. I became more confident. And it wasn't as I lost weight, I became more confident. Mm -hmm. It was as God was doing a work in my heart, I became more confident. Um, Going to the gym, eating right, those things became exciting because I wanted to be able to confidently step into all it is that God was calling me to do and engaging with two middle school girls and being active and involved in all it was that they were a part of. I needed to have energy. I needed to feel good about what I was doing. You know, all of those things are a part of it. So every aspect, spiritual, physical, uh, my emotional state was so wrapped up in really those kind of words to live by sorts of personal affirmations and my internal self-talk. Wouldn't you say, I mean, I'm just going to throw this out there, that probably the reason you were not operating in a healthy way and spiritually, all the different areas, is because of that bondage? Yes. Whatever that bondage you found yourself in, that's what kept you from being a better minister, a mm-hmm. better mom. Because I know there's a lot of people listening, and they they may not have 27 pounds to lose. They may have 50 or 100, yeah. but it's not the pound amount. It is all about what are you in bondage to. Right. And I know personally for me, when I am not allowed or when I'm not allowing food or my thoughts about myself to control me, I'm a better minister. Mm -hmm. I am better at the other areas of my life. Would you say that was true for you? That is so right on because, you know, the enemy is going to figure out the way to take us out in in all of the sort of subcategories of that. So for me, I felt out of control in that season. 
My husband lost his job. My mother-in-law's living with us. How do I navigate that? This big, huge ministry, um, the challenges in parenting, all of those things made me feel out of control. Mm -hmm. So for me, eating, that was something that I could control. Right. right? And on the flip side, there's a lot of people that try to control food on the opposite side. Yes, exactly. Like, you know, I cheered in college at OSU and we had to weigh in every month. And I had several great friends that were struggling. I mean, I struggled just with, you know, it's a mental game. You start playing with yourself and you can easily go to abuse and it Mm -hmm. not be good. But, you know, some of my friends definitely were struggling big time with anorexia and bulimia and on the other side. So there's all kinds of angles to this story. Mm hmm. And, you know, I think about, I have joked about, and it's actually not a joke, really, is the the shopping addiction, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I love social media. And, I mean, I'm scrolling through stuff all the time. In fact, I have to fast from that during this season because I recognize it was kind of getting a hold of me. But in the process of sort of this benign scrolling, I shop. Mm-hmm. And I realize that when I feel out of control, kind of like the destructive eating behaviors, I'll shop like crazy. And You'll it's not do expensive anything. stuff. That you are control of. Yes. Yeah. And man, and you, you search box. for something on Amazon and then it's on your Instagram yes. feed. It's like, where did that come from? Exactly. And it's $16. <clears throat> like, why wouldn't I get three? Yeah. So anyway, but it is about bondage. And so, you know, my encouragement in really the glimmer of, of hope in the beginning of that for me was recognizing it's not, I'm not in a weight loss battle. You know, that's one thing. But what it is, is it's actually easier than that because I have a savior that tells me exactly who I am. Mm -hmm. So I needed to get that's the thing that I needed to. I wasn't out of control in the sense that I'm out of control because really, ultimately, Jesus needs to be leading my life. Right. And at that point, I was trying to lead and Mm -hmm. submitting really to the authority that God's placed over me was the difference maker and what helped me get out of bondage. But that was a process. It didn't happen overnight, mm-hmm. just like the 27 pounds didn't go away overnight. Well, and that's important because that's the foundational piece. Yes. And then you can build upon that and work on practical nuggets to get healthy and yes. all of those things. Yeah. And I love going to the gym. I mean, honestly, there's there's so much about taking care of our temple that is so fun and community-driven. And the kind of accountability and things that I have with my life group is so sweet and precious, but the kind of accountability and transparency I can have with the people who are at the gym, who are kind of in a different category and stage of their life is really different and super precious to me. Absolutely. Um, So that part is great. And then again, just caring for my body and eating well. Now, don't get me wrong. I still have those flexibles. 10, sure, 10 pounds, sure. right? But I'm not obsessed with and the And it doesn't pounds. mean you don't have a, a meal where you enjoy something. That's yes. normally not what, you, that's not what we're talking yes. about. It's the the control that something, anything has on anything. us besides the Holy Spirit right. of God. Yeah. Um, it's funny about the gym. I know we're not really talking about the gym, but it's still part of our health journey. But yeah. I work out. I haven't had to make a New Year's resolution for working out in years. Right. So like, it's just part of my life now. Mm-hmm. And people say, gosh, Cindy, you love to work out. I'm like, no, no, I don't. <laughs> I love how I feel for the 23 hours after I've worked yeah. out. They're like, oh. And I'm like, so I literally transport my mind mm-hmm. to how I'm going to feel at the, or even halfway through the workout. The hardest part is just driving to the gym right. or going to wherever part of your mm-hmm. house that you work out. So yeah. that's that's what I say. I'm like, I don't necessarily love working out. I love how I right. feel for the rest yeah. of the day so because it does. built into your schedule. It's built yeah. into my life. I don't even know a life without working out. Chris and I work out on vacation. I'm just saying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's so fun. It really is. When you can make positive deposits into every any of those aspects of your life, your your physical life, your financial life. My word for the year, I think, is going to be minimalism or simplicity. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm still praying through this fast about what my word should be. But part of that also is my financial life, because mm-hmm. 
I want to simplify some things in my financial life so I can become more generous. Right. And that's another place where probably starting back in 2007 when Matt lost his job and there were some insecurities there where I started behaving like uh, someone with scarcity mindset. And so I just recently realized, lo, these many years later, it's been 13 years that, gosh, I, there's some freedom I can experience in, in our finances. Mm-hmm. And so creating some simplicity and again, going back to the online shopping, $16 every week, you know, or whatever Man, it is. It's a struggle. $20 Tuesday. Yeah. Oh yeah. It really is. And so, and it can just show up on our doorstep tomorrow. Oh, that immediate gratification is yeah. so fantastic. Oh yeah. So yeah. So it's fun when you think about the bondage that you talk about, Cindy, whenever that you are finally able to identify that and be released from that, the freedom mm-hmm. that comes on the other side. Oh, that makes sense. Bondage freedom. Right. But yeah. Okay, so you're talking about awareness, but I think there are probably a lot of people listening right now who maybe for them it's food and weight and whatever, mm-hmm. or maybe it's like you mentioned, porn, maybe it's shopping, maybe it's people pleasing, yes. maybe it's an addiction to social media. There's so many things that we can oh. become in bondage to. And I know you had the moment where you saw your reflection. I guess for me, what would you challenge people to ask themselves where maybe they're kind of like, eh, I kind of have a problem, but right. I got it under control and I don't really need to do anything or yes. change anything. So, okay. So this sounds crazy, but maybe you guys can resonate with this. I can remember one of my girls coming downstairs and they said, uh, is this skirt too short? Mm -hmm. And I said, you asked, you asked, if you asked, then it's probably too short. Yep. You know, so that's kind of how I feel. If you have a moment in your alone time solitude Mm -hmm. and you're thinking, I mean, I may be mm, on that might be the Holy Spirit nudging. I might you. be comparing myself too much. I find that I'm gossiping more because I'm on social media all the time and I'm comparing and blah blah blah. Whatever that thing is, yeah. if there is a moment where you're asking yourself, "Is this skirt too short?" The answer is probably yes. Mm. You or know what I mean? If you're on social media and you're like, "Should I post this?" Yeah. If you question if you should <laughs> post it, walk away from right. the post. <laughs> if you have to ask somebody. What do you think? You think I should post this? Don't do Don't it. Don't do it. Now, if you want to post it and you want to get someone's <laughs> editing grammar expertise, that I totally support that. Mm, like, right. Do I have any? <laughs> yeah. Because sometimes Chris will do that, but still, I just, yeah. Right. So I honestly, I know that sounds a little bit lame and no, not, but really, I feel like the Holy Spirit gives us a check. Right. And if you find yourself saying, should I? whatever, right. or am I really challenged by this? Then you probably are at least heed it, at least give mm-hmm. it a break. Like what is the thing is the thing Netflix. If you're binging for the third day in a row, or this is the third weekend, listen, uh, I'll be transparent. <laughs> you give me a good series. Did I you binge. go through Jack Ryan on prime Amazon? No, fast? I didn't, but okay. I should. No, I should. No, walk That's away. This is the third Saturday. I've been, you know, yeah. bellied up to the TV with a bag of popcorn on my lap. Then it, you, that checks. Uh, God's yeah. telling you something. And let me point out, this is not a legalistic list no. of rules of what you shouldn't be doing. No. We're not saying, hey, what is it? Mm-mm. This is for your freedom and for your joy. Right. And so we're talking about uh, more the abuse of these yeah. things. God's given us good things and we can use them, but we don't want them to be Lord of our life yes. and the God of our life to where then we don't have our own right. freedom. Well, and so it is about freedom. It's mm-hmm. it's yeah. what kind of God wants us. He came for freedom. I mean, mm-hmm. he came for a lot of things, but that yeah. wants us to live a life free mm-hmm. in yeah. him. And so, yeah. And Paul talks about throwing off anything that holds us back. Yeah. And so what's holding you back mm-hmm. from living the life that God has called you to live? Yeah. I think, you know, even things like fasting from various things, 
um, to to seek God. Like, for instance, social media for me. Mm-hmm. I don't think I have a social media problem, but I do need a break. Oh, I but need we can to, all struggle with yeah, it. Yeah, I need to readjust my time margin. I need mm-hmm. to rethink about how I'm spending my time. I'm not at all suggesting I'm going to stop using, because I've had people ask that a lot. So are you just going to stop using social media after 30 days? Well, no, I don't, I don't mm-hmm. have any intention to do that. Um, so yeah, it's about freedom and it's it about is. what's the healthy way for me yeah. to approach this. I've started to have way too many sugary, creamy Starbucks drinks lately. And yes. so I'm taking a break Yeah, because I think it was starting to have a little bit too much control mm-hmm. and I wanted it. More right. than I should have. Yeah. And there are some things that you can, like when I th- for me, at least with Starbucks, again, this may not be the thing with someone else, but for Starbucks, there was the um, kind of the social thing. Like I love oh, yeah. having a Starbucks. A you warm. Know. Yeah. And you're with your friends. Yeah. And- Secondly, you're dropping $6.80 every time you have what you really want. Yeah. And then you start to think, wow, that doesn't Wow, feel that adds good. up if I'm going a couple times a week. Right. So, yeah. They're, you know, depending yep. on what your thing is, but super not legalistic for sure. So I want to go back just a little bit to the journey, you know, as we kind of wrap up this part of this, the podcast. But like, what kind of things did you have to navigate? I would imagine I've been on the journey with food addiction and all sorts of whatever you want to call it, if you want to call it that or not. But what is it when you would find yourself, I'm going to assume you fall back in and have a bad season or a bad week or bad mm-hmm. month. What is it that you would do to kind of course correct right. in your life? Because I'm, I'm just going to assume that you've had to do that. Oh, for sure. In 13 years of all this. Yeah. So, in fact, right now, I'm actually really excited and experiencing freedom anew in this area of food addiction because um, I really started to manage and think about what it is that I was putting in my body, really not until 2015, to be honest. So it was 2015 when I finally went, this is, I mean, I, I saw the reflection in the mirror, all those kinds of things, but recognizing that that was part of my challenge. So at that time, I got really excited about what eating could look like for me. And it, for some reason, it was as if God flipped a switch for me. And I know it's not, not that way for everybody. And I was able to engage in a really healthy set of eating habits. And it it pretty much happened kind of quickly. For me, it was a keto thing. I'm not recommending keto. That just worked for me. Um, someone, I had a nutritionist do some kind of study of the way food affects my body and affects my psyche and my mentality and those kinds of things. And so we discovered that that would work for me. Um, So anyway, that became really fun and exciting. Well, I lost the weight part. And in that also found the internal and spiritual freedom and all those other facets were uh, positively impacted. However, in the last, I don't know, 12 months or so, it started to slip away again. So there have been some of those new Uh, negative self-talk, some of those insecurities have really creeped back in. So it wasn't necessarily just about the poor eating habits. They came as a result of the internal, the self-talk and those kinds of things. So for the last 12 months, I've been trying to re-diet. Like, what's my new diet? You know, it's got to be Whole30. It's got to be keto again. It's got to be Weight Watchers. And then it was was like, did I forget everything? I think Satan Hmm. really loves to to tell us that, you know, this is all new and, but it's not, I've, I've been down this road. So just in the last actually few weeks, I just have had sort of this new spiritual awakening about this very issue that it, it's not about finding the new diet. It really is about my internal self-talk. Who am I? Mm-hmm. Where do I bring value? What do I not need to worry about having control over? And so that's the thing. I wish it was as easy as saying, 
I just need to be disciplined again, or I just need to crank up my willpower. But for me, it's just so much more about identifying the, the deeper piece. And I think most of us can relate to that negative self-talk. Man, yeah. we all have things that we just kick ourselves over. And that's not God. Mm-hmm. I mean, he gives us gentle nudges that lovingly help us guide right. us along, you know, the journey to get us to a healthy place the way he designed it. But right. whenever we're feeling bad about ourselves and I just will never get a hold mm-hmm. of this, like that's the enemy. That's not that's yeah. not our savior. You know, I'm reminded I have often taken the scripture where Paul talks about that thorn in his flesh. Oh, yeah. Oof. I tell you this, you know, I can go to 50 stores and walk out of all of them and not buy a thing for my house or my clothes or anything. But you put a cupcake in front of me and I'm a goner. Mm-hmm. So for me, like I'm reminded that's just my thorn personally. Everybody right. has people have different thorns. People have a desire for fame or or a desire to be known or, or maybe it's shopping or alcohol or whatever. But I I've asked God, hey, God, can you just go ahead and take this from me? And he's just, what does he say? My grace is sufficient for you. Yes. And so I remember Pastor Amy Groeschel said, I think it might have been in one of her sister's talks. She was like, be weak. And she's right. Oh, that's good. That is in when we are weak, we are at the perfect place for his power to be displayed. Mm-hmm. And so all of that to say, what I hear you saying is that you're still on this journey. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like, welcome to the club. Yeah. Welcome to the, the club. You have not figured it all out. You figured some things mm-hmm. out. Yeah. But you're still figuring it out. You're just a little bit farther ahead on the path than someone else may be. And so I just want to say, is there anything you would speak to people listening who might feel like, gosh, I just can't seem to get my thing under control or whatever? Is there anything you would speak to that with this whole process and journey? Right. So my challenge to people really is ask yourself why over and over. So I've gained 10 pounds. You know, I've gained 25 pounds, whatever. Um, why? Why is that? Well, because I've been eating out of control. I've been eating like a crazy person, which is the first logical answer to the why question. But then why? Why? Yeah. Why are you eating out of control? And like, like you don't know right from wrong here as it relates to food. And then you keep asking yourself why. It's almost like any other problem solving. And then you get to the root. You get to that bondage piece. Because I really believe none of us have really poor destructive habits and behaviors of any kind without there being some bondage piece. Mm -hmm. And so get to that part because we get fixated on why have I gained 10 pounds? I've got to find the new diet and what is so-and-so doing? What's the pill I can take? And what's the magic gym? Mm -hmm. And you're not asking the right question. And so be graceful with yourself too, because it may take you a few weeks, maybe a few months in my case, you know, a couple of years. So that's the hard part is that it's a marathon and not a sprint when it comes to our health. And I think that's physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, all of it. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think it's one step at a time. Right. Every day, like Jesus says, you know, that he's our daily bread, you know, and I I was just reading about the manna in the Old Testament. They had to get that every single day and they couldn't get yesterday's bread and they couldn't get tomorrow's bread. And sometimes I need to remember that, like, it's okay if we're kind of, I guess, tripping through the struggle a little bit. Yeah. Like he's still there. He's big enough for all of that. I don't know if it was before we hit record or not, but you were talking about just the whole instant gratification thing in the society and how we want to see results. And so Mm -hmm. when we don't, we get frustrated, but it really is like that day after day, week after week, uh, renewing our minds and then stepping into healthy habits, which I don't always do well, Right, Um, but that's that's okay. 
You know what? That's another thing, too, is the goal. The goal can't be I want to lose 27 pounds. And I know that that's probably counter to what everybody is thinking. And maybe I'm wrong. I'll just say this for me. (laughs) The goal couldn't be for me. I need to lose 27 pounds. The goal had to be today. I'm going to fuel my body well. Mm. Today, I'm going to get enough sleep. Today, I'm going to exercise and move my body in a way that, you know, so those had to be the goals. And you can meet those goals that day. Every single, see, that's the instant gratification piece when you said that. Because it took me a long time to lose 27 pounds and to do it in a way that was really healthy. Oh, yeah. I'm sure anyone I could have done a lot. I mean, I think if you're doing it in a healthy, in way, a healthy way, then it's going to take so a while. That could get really discouraging. So mm-hmm. that for me, again, could not be the goal. It couldn't be about, you know, some number on a scale. It had to be about being excited about what I get to do today. I get mm-hmm. to fuel my body in a way that's really healthy. I get to spend some time in the gym with great friends, like, you know. Mm-hmm. So so we talked about how your physical journey negatively impacted every er- other mm-hmm. area of life. So how did it impact it positively? So just being more fit, obviously I get more sleep, mm-hmm. you know, so it's kind of that cycle that you hear every nutritionist talk about anybody that knows anything about our bodies and caring for ourselves. You get more sleep when you get more sleep, your brain is sharper. When your brain is sharper, you can make better decisions. You can relate to people better. You, things can fall off a little bit easier. Mm-hmm. I think that when our bodies are healthy, um, we're, I think I'll just say this for me. There's no psychology behind this except my personal opinion. And that is I'm more resilient. Mm. I'm more able to deal with conflict if I'm healthier physically. And of course, there's all the, again, the other components, the spiritual piece and the emotional piece. I'm more healthy altogether. I just am able to operate better. That makes sense. You know, so you're sleeping better, you're eating better. You're. I'm a better version of Cindy Beal when I am not allowing things to control me, yes. um, you know, any kind of substance. Sure. And so, no, I totally get that. Yeah. I just think that's, mm-hmm. that's real. So it's, you know, have you ever heard anybody say, God, I just feel so snappy with everybody lately. It feels mm-hmm. like everyone's out to get me. And then I realize maybe I'm the common denominator. And then when they start to drill it back, they realize they haven't been in the word in three days, you know, or whatever. Yeah. And it's like, Yep. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. You know, it's kind of the same way for me. And I do want people to hear like, we're not just after a self-help, like do these 10 steps, it's going to fix you or whatever. Mm -hmm. But really, I think the bottom line, the underlying theme is that we want to have healthy bodies so that we can take part in that great commission, that we can be on mission as we, you know, love people and shine God's light and do all of those things. I mean, there's a billion things that we want to do to glorify him. And we can't do that when we're not feeling good. Yeah. And healthy is going to be different for every body type. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, I, I just, I'm imagining our readers listening who some are more petite, like our sweet little Jin Jewel, mm-hmm. and some are not petite like me and um, never, ever shopped in the petite department in my entire life. But I just think that it's important to think about, you know, what is healthy for you? Right. That's a good point. What, what is healthy for we you? We try not to use the word skinny or fat at yep. our house. It's and just we healthy. Say healthy. It's healthy. People ask me all the time, how's your marriage? Healthy. Healthy and strong. <laughs> That's I don't good. say good. Good's, good is like mm. a candy bar. Well, candy bars are great, but still it's, <laughs> good is so blah. So right. mm-hmm. it's healthy. That's, that's true. Yeah. Again, it can't be about a number on a scale or a, what the tape measure says or any of those things. Mm-hmm. And I like um, how you talked about ways that you made it fun. Oh yeah. Here's a few things, you know, it's funny. We we're talking about discipline and all those kinds of things. I don't like to cook. Mm-hmm. I also am super impatient. Me and, too. <laughs> so like the idea of trying all these great recipes, yeah. I really don't enjoy the process of cooking. So part of my struggle has been that made me feel like a bad woman 
female wife mom. It's like, <laughs> sorry, I'm laughing. I, I don't know. How <laughs> sexist is that? And so, but honestly, I had kind of the struggle. I was like, you know what? No, I can't, I just need to make it my own. Mm-hmm. So what is meal prepping or whatever look like? I also am terrible with time management. So the idea of meal prepping, I'm a prep, just lots of bad mm-hmm. things make meal prepping not make sense for me. But I did meal prep um, starting from the very beginning. And I still do. It just doesn't look like 17 containers on my countertop with a perfect portion of rice, broccoli and chicken. You know, no, I love that. Prep, do what works for you. Yeah. And I think that's great. The rice, broccoli, chicken and 17. That's awesome if that works for you. What works better for me mm-hmm. is not being married to the idea of uh, going grocery shopping once a week, buy all the big everything. Mm-hmm. And then use up all of those groceries or throw them away, right? So what works for me is hitting the grocery store a couple times a week, three times a week, because I know in the moment, like, ooh, I'm hungry for X, Y, Z tonight. So just giving shorter, smaller groups, smaller yeah. parts. You like some variety. I like variety. And I'm, again, I don't think ahead well. And when I've done that, I wind up throwing things away. Mm-hmm. So, so for me, someone you don't like to cook necessarily, but do you prepare food? I, I mean, do prepare food. But you know what I do is super easy. Super I do easy. a lot of cookie sheets. Yep. Throw a lot of cut up vegetables on the cookie sheet and put Montreal steak seasoning on there. Olive oil, throw it in the oven. Great. That's it. Like Mm -hmm. I'm not doing 57 ingredients kind of stuff. I buy the rotisserie chicken. No. Rotisserie chicken. I love me a rotisserie chicken. Or I do a lot of crock pot in the chicken all day. Yes. Crock pot in the chicken. Chicken in the crock pot all day. Yeah. And then shred it up and you could put it in a, you know, Mexican meal or you could put it in a fresh vegetable meal. Whatever. Right. So, you know, I eat plenty. I eat plenty and I eat the food that I like mm-hmm. and I prepare it in a way that makes sense for how I like to prepare food, which is super simple. So you just have to find the thing that works for you. So that would be my first practical tip That's is good. don't go buy the $87 cookbook for whatever meal plan you've decided to be on if that's not you. There's Google for that right. if you want to Google yeah. something. So. Pinterest. Yeah. Um, so that would be the first thing is figure out how to cook for yourself. And then the second thing is, as far as for me going to the gym, the gym part has been so fun. Again, the community and, and all of that kind of thing. Um, but in the beginning, it wasn't easy. Like now I schedule my classes. So I do, I am part of a gym where you have to schedule classes, which for someone like me that needs a high level of accountability. Look at you. But you're planning ahead. You said you're not good at planning ahead, but look, you are. Yes, I really am. And if I don't show up to a class, they charge me $13. (gasps) Oh, so there's extra account. I got skin in the game, right? Twice. So I'm paying a membership. And if I don't show up, they charge you. But that's okay, because that's what I need in my life. Now, if you're the kind of person that can go to 10 gym, and you only have to pay 10 bucks a month, and you get there and you know what your workout routine is, go on Pinterest. There's 97 million different kinds of workouts. Again, find what works for you. But just do the thing. Just do the thing. Set your daily goals. I'm going to eat well today, and I'm going to move my body. Mm. And then Meet those daily goals, have that instant gratification and be able to look at yourself in the mirror at night when you're brushing your teeth and say you did it. And it doesn't have to be anything big and difficult. Do what works for your makeup for how God wired you up. Love it. So good. So good. So uh, through this journey and just in life in general, do you have some things you want to share with us? Any kind of resources, something that encourages you maybe with this particular health journey or just as a leader at Life Church, or anything you want to share with us? That's good. You know, I talk a lot about the kind of the bondage piece. That's was the core 
thing that needed to be fixed and solved. And I looked back in my YouVersion Bible reading plans because I remember that being a big part of the journey years ago. And in 2014, when I really started going to the gym and really got married to this idea of making all of the big changes, there was a plan called 31 Truths, Who I Am in Christ. That's good. And it's so good. And it's just those, again, words to live by, who am I, and to literally say them out loud. That's another practical That's so tip. Good. Just in every area of our life. Because why do we forget? Yes. Every day I forget. I got to say it again. Day. Say it again. Mm-hmm. What's his name? Stuart Smalley. Does anybody even know who that is? No. He was like a Saturday Night Live, live character. Oh, and he I, would look in the mirror and yes. say, you are some good enough. Yeah. I'm smart enough and doggone it. People like this. Yes. <laughs> right. Yeah. I Except can't believe I just actually done Cindy Beale. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> You followed through on that, girl. Yes. Man, we didn't you even plan that. Listeners, we did not plan that. That was just humor at its best yeah, right uh, there. Uh, yeah. But 10 things to abandon for spiritual growth. That was another good one. That's a reading plan? To, yes. a, I was oh. going to say, is that a book? 10 plan? things to abandon for spiritual growth. And then Craig has um, some messages now that uh, I like to revisit. In fact, I do it at the beginning of every year. I just rewatched... Uh, Words to Live By. Yeah. There is a habit series. There are some great episodes on his podcast, his leadership podcast, uh, where he talks about habit development. And all of those things incorporate some of those things. So good. But if you're like me and you find that the core root of some of your um, your struggle has to do with negative self-talk, you can just search in Bible reading plans and there's loads mm-hmm. to choose from. There's right. a lot of great Bible read. I just say stick to scripture though, mm-hmm. because if you start reading books and all those kinds of things, they're great books. I mean, don't get me wrong. Yeah. I'm not saying don't read books. You only have so much time. Right. I mean, it, at some point you got to get back to, okay, but what does Jesus say? What does, mm-hmm. what does God say about this? Right. Um, and at some point we have to choose battle. if we're going to believe it or not. Right. Because we can read those things over us, but we got to finally decide, okay, it's not about, am I believing yes. this even, even necessarily about me? Am I believing God? That's good. Am I believing what he says? Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Now, when you get down to just your workout routine or your how you're going to eat and fuel your body and those kinds of things, go grab a book, Google it, look on Pinterest. Those kinds of things are great. But the real issue, you got to get in the word. Yeah, yeah. So it's good. a spiritual issue. That's, That's good. so good. Allie, we're so thankful for your wisdom and for your leadership. Oh, so, fun. so as we wrap up, do you have a final word of advice or encouragement that you could just pass along to everybody? Well, you know, I think the primary thing is for anybody who might be struggling with any of those things that we've mentioned, there is freedom and your freedom is found in Christ. And it really is simple. God doesn't make it difficult. We make it difficult. So rest in that. Find community. Uh, find people that you can be transparent with and vulnerable with and let them help you get in God's word. Um, but don't feel like there's no way to get out and certainly don't feel like you're the only one. Mm. So I'm just excited. I'm excited for you. I know you guys get to hear from people that have been impacted by your podcast and Thank you for what you guys are doing because Messy Table is so great. I know so many people who love being a part of this community and what you're doing is big. So thank you. Thanks, Allie. Y'all, I love, love, loved how Allie kept bringing us back to the baseline. It starts with our relationship with God because He designed us. He created us. He loves us more than we could possibly fathom. And He knows how life works best. I do want to make a quick clarification. There's likely someone listening who's currently dealing with an underlying medical condition. While that's obviously not what we're talking about today in terms of health and freedom, I do want to point out that way more important than our physical health is our spiritual health. 
just like it says in Psalm 73, my flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Y'all, even healthy bodies will eventually wear out. It's our relationship with God that matters most. As always, you can find the resources mentioned in the conversation notes, where you can also join our email list if you want to be notified when a new episode comes out. You can also click subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and they'll come straight to your phone. We'd also love it if you would join the conversation over on Instagram at The Messy Table Podcast. Plus a fun little side note, Allie, Cindy, and I actually recorded an additional podcast for LC parents, Life Church parents, and we're talking about what to do when our kids doubt which let's be honest, can bleed into the bigger picture of what to do when we doubt, but it's such an important topic. So follow the Life Church Parents podcast as well and stay tuned for that. Finally, I want to leave us with a verse. It was brought up during the episode, but I think it's worth reading the whole thing. It's Hebrews 12, one through two. It says, since we are surrounded by a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. So what's the key? It's not just a cliche Bible answer. It's the truth. Y'all, life is messy, but God is good. And we can run the race God set before us by keeping our eyes on Jesus.